finish. Yes. I won't. I'll try not to be surprised. <laughs> I don't know. Last, <laughs> last time was funny. The time before you said nice. So this time let's let's have another one. Welcome to this week's episode of M and G Have Tea. I'm G. I'm M. This week we are going to discuss a pretty in-depth topic. Uh, in depth? No, no, that's not the right word. Intense. I'm th- intense, maybe. Uh, personal. Personal. Yeah, we're gonna go <laughs> down that path where it's a bit more personal and not just um, us talking shit. But we're gonna talk about anxiety. Yes. Um, the topic for tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, we are drinking. Was it apple and cider? I think. Yeah, apple and ginger. Apple and said. ginger. Yeah, which cider. may be interesting. Uh, yes, we haven't I tasted really it yet. like ginger, so we'll see. It's very how good we go. for colds, though. I understand that it has immense mm. health benefits, but they do not outweigh the taste for me generally. Well, and we're drinking out of cat mugs because yes. um, I had a bit of a sad day today and had to put one mm-hmm. of my cat children down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a bit sad. So Emily has a mug with just a photo of a cat and yep. I have a mug that says World, world's best cat mum. Mm-hmm. So they are currently on our Instagram story and there may be a photo to go on the feed at some point. At some point, if maybe. If anyone's actually in interested future, you know. in paying attention to what we're drinking out of. Out of, yes. Mm. Just cups. Well, normally we have fancy mugs. I know, normally we do have fancy mugs. Today we've just got mugs. We do. So. And you'll have to excuse the um, washing noises in the background. Hopefully they're not too... I think Gail probably would. It might just be some background noise. It's fine. It's fine. I did put a load of washing on and then thought, ooh, that's um, probably going to be in the thing. But That is okay because... And you actually came in your pajamas this time. I did come. Finally, in my sweatpants and my well, big t-shirt. But you know, close enough to pajamas. Uh, it's pretty much pajamas. Who has pajamas nowadays, anyway? I have pajamas. Uh, who other than George <laughs> has pajamas nowadays, anyway? I don't have pajama tops. I just have random tops that like have become pajamas. I mean, I'm currently wearing a top that says "I pooped today." Mine says "Jog on." <laughs> well. Sometimes when you jog, you need to poo. So we're a pair. <laughs> we certainly are a pair. <laughs> I don't think anyone could argue that. No. Uh, so should we try this tea? All right, let's try this tea. What yeah. happens if we don't like it? I mean, I didn't like the chai. We ha- we are yet to come across a tea that you didn't like. This one's a black tea this time. Mm. Mm. It's more apple. Mm. It is more apple. I think I could probably drink it. It, does it smells like ginger, mm. but it tastes like apple. But then, like, the aftertaste is a bit gingery. It is. Like, kind of like dry ginger, if you've ever drank that. Drunk yes. that before? Yes. Drunk, drunk that yes. before. Had a glass of dry ginger. <laughs> People mix it with their spirits. Yes, it's very good. What does mum have? Dry. Mm. I think my dad has scotch. Scotch and dry, yes, I've heard of that. No, mum has something else. Something in dry. I'm telling the story, but I do not know what you the story recall. is. It's fine. I actually don't mind this. It's not 
I think if we had brewed it any longer, it probably would have been more gin, like too gingery. But yes. Like, yes. Mm. It's okay. I can cope with this tea. I think. Like my chai. Like me drinking your mm. chai. Mm. Um. Antonia did make me I was um, quite unwell last week and yep. Antonia did make me a glass of a glass no a cup mug tea whatever yep. of um, lemon and lemon whew, lemon honey and ginger uh-huh. but it was fresh ginger yes. so like she had chopped the ginger up and put it at the bottom it so it would have been very ginger it was very ginger and I am the same I'm not a massive fan of um ginger but mm. it wasn't horrible i mean ginger is okay in moderation i, I think, think the lemon helped and the honey yes maybe the honey yeah. i don't know anyway, anyway. jinx um <laughs> and hopefully i don't spit tea everywhere this <laughs> week let's hope that the tea stays in the mouth <laughs> i did get, clean it my pants they were white and they have stayed white so They've stayed white. They did. Excellent. There was no stains. Excellent. I'm wearing black this week. Yes. And with black tea, if you spilt it on yourself, yeah, it might be slightly different. Well, it was black tea last time. Was it? Yeah. I don't remember what we had, but it was black tea. Okay. What was it? I don't Jade. Know. It was Jade Mountain. Oh. Chocolate. Okay. Yes. Yes, Chocolate it was. Flavored. Okay. Yes. Okay. Anyway, anyway, do you want to start? Do you want me to start? Because I actually prepared. And you, you actually didn't. prepared, so let's just start like that, and I'll just. Well, we'll just go see like if down I have my list. Good to contribute yeah. to okay. any of those. Well, things. we both kind of have to talk about this because otherwise, it's just me talking about my anxiety, and it's not you need to speak to. I will say that <laughs> uh, we both do have anxiety. <laughs> I do. I am suffering. <laughs> do have. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, I thought we'd sort of. Start maybe um, when you first when we first realised that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, like, my doctor did eventually tell me that that's what I had mm-hmm. have, mm-hmm. but for a, I didn't go to a doctor for a very long, long time. time. So, do you remember when you first mm-hmm. kind of went? Maybe this is something, or like realised, or was it just like you went to the doctor and the doctor's like that sounds like anxiety no my mother pushed me to start seeing a psych Mm. um and then went to a um psychiatrist who makes Mm. a diagnosis and just generalized anxiety is all I've been diagnosed with yeah same um and I think similarly to what Mm. we were saying before that you get diagnosed at a point in your life when like it's really bad but then you look back through your life and you're like oh this explains that so kind of makes sense now yeah yeah so I was saying that um I in the past couple of years since officially being like told by a professional <coughs> excuse mm-hmm. me that that's like general anxiety mm-hmm. um I then was like well that makes so much sense because Mm. when I was um in the later years of primary school Mm -hmm. I couldn't deal with my parents leaving me Mm -hmm. um we were very close with our neighbors at one point and they would want to they had a ladder over their shared fence and they would just climb the ladder and go next door and have like a glass of wine Mm -hmm. or Whatever, things that adults do. And I used to stand at the fence and cry and 
bawl my eyes out because I couldn't see them. Yes. They weren't home. Mm-hmm. I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. I couldn't like I just I couldn't handle them not being mm-hmm. there even though they were literally just on the other side of the fence and mm-hmm. I could hear them. And if I stood in my bedroom, I could have probably I could see them. Yeah. But I couldn't they were so I was like, well, that was like an anxiety attack. Is like every time they left, mm. I felt very anxious and I would have an anxiety attack. Yes. And then there was other things like when I started at, mm-hmm. I didn't know anyone. Oh, that's probably a bit. No, I feel telling what school I went to. Let's just say when you started at when high I, school. I didn't know anyone when I yes. started at high school. Yes. So, um, I already had anxiety going into that, mm-hmm. not having any friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but we lived in a different suburb to that of which the high school was. Mm-hmm. So my mum would pick up my siblings from their school in yeah. our home suburb, mm-hmm. drive to pick me up in the yes. high from high school. Yeah. And she would always want me to cross the street so that it was easier for her to just kind of swing past and pick me up and keep going. But I couldn't handle leaving the school because I knew that there was like authority figures standing around waiting for people to get picked up and they generally didn't leave until the last person was gone. Yeah. Um, So I used to have really bad anxiety about crossing a road. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... One day I just kind of crossed the road and I was like, all right, well, I'll just stand here. Like I had a mobile phone and like if anything yeah, had gone yeah, wrong, yeah, I could have yeah. reached my mum. And then I used to get anxiety that she had forgotten me or left me behind or like that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. looking back at that now, I realised that all of that <laughs> was like anxiety yeah. and driven from a place of anxiousness mm-hmm. and anxiety and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um. And I used to wait for my parents to pick me up from school and they, for a year, tried to get me to catch a bus because it was just getting too much for them to drive from the other suburb all the way to the school suburb and then back. Um, So they wanted me to catch a bus and for ages I just couldn't bring myself to do it because... I would overthink things and I would be like, no, I'm going to get on the bus and the bus is going to crash and I'm not going to get home or I'm going to get on the bus and I'm going to get mugged or Mm -hmm. like I just all of these really terrible scenarios that are quite unlikely to happen. Yeah. I would think about. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's actually how we became friends. That is how we became friends. And I think that was probably one of the bravest moments of my entire life. It was a very brave moment to come up to someone who you'd never met. No. Was, I guess, the only thing that kind of would have made it a bit easier is that I was new that year. Yeah. So I started at that high school a couple of years after Mm. everyone else started. Mm. Um, And at the time I had zero friends at high school. Sorry, Kate. (laughs) So much cutting out to do. And that you came up to me and you were like... Yeah, and it just happened to be... Like, it always just kind of chance. Like, um, my mum was driving us home and we drove past you walking home from the bus station. And um, bus station, bus stop, bus stop, bus stop. Um, And she goes, oh, that girl's wearing your uniform. And I went, yeah, her name's Emily. Yeah. 
and she's in my year level. Yeah. And then mum's like, well, why don't you talk to her? See what bus she catches. And I was like, oh, no, don't be silly. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm terrified of catching the bus. Um, and then I think it was probably the next day I walked straight up to you. Yeah. I remember grabbing your hands yeah. and being like, I'm catching the bus with you from now on. We're friends. Yes. And that was just it. Yes. Since then, pretty much, we have had a few brief breaks, but that's okay. We don't need to talk about that right now. No. Um, Yes, no. And that was very brave for someone who... And I think that also, because I find with my anxiety, so I struggle to go places on my own. So I can't really go and do a grocery shop by myself Mm -hmm. or I can't do a... I just can't run to Kmart and grab something or if I need like I could go to the servo and I could get a bottle like some milk I Mm -hmm. can't I just can't bring myself to do those by myself Mm -hmm. and it sounds so silly when I say it out loud but in the moment it and there's the cat eating dinner again (laughs) um when I'm in the moment it's I just can't do it so I think by having you catch the bus um because for ages I caught the bus with you yeah but then I realised that there was a, a second bus that I could catch from the halfway mark that took me even closer to my home, which meant that I didn't have to walk further. So far, yeah. So I would, so mm. I started catching that bus on my mm. own. But that was way, way ages. That was that wasn't until maybe year twelve, I reckon. Yeah. Maybe the end of year eleven, starting yeah. year twelve. So we caught the bus together for a long time. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, that's like probably I wouldn't have done that. I don't know where it came from. But But it happened. It was just a moment of bravery. It was, and look what it's resulted in. We're now uh, 25. 10 years later? Mm, Not quite. How old have we been? I've got no idea. 15? Is it 15? It would have been 15, yeah. Do you turn 15 or you turn 16? Well, you turn 13 in year 7. Okay. So. We would have been 14, 15. Mm -hmm. So about. Ten years later. Here That's a very are. long time to be friends. It is quite a long time given that we're 25. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. off topic. Um, <laughs> so, back to. <laughs> so, yeah, those are a lot of things that I find that I, when I look back on, I'm like, that makes so much sense. Yeah. And I've had anxiety for a very long time. But yeah. it wasn't a well-known no. topic of discussion no. back when we were in high mm. school. Like, not a lot of people had it or spoke about it mm. it was almost seen as taboo to talk about that kind of stuff yeah 100%. like even though throughout high school you're taught you know mm-hmm. mental health and yeah. all that kind of stuff but not a lot of people spoke about it high school is a very intense place it's like yeah. a micro oh, no. society the now kicked we're in. Is everything's oh, happening everything's this podcast happening is a mess um it's okay i think we can excuse the mess for you today <laughs> Um, high schools are micro societies and as such they breed things like, um, now I've lost my words, I can't even speak. Um, no, like people not being accepting of difference and, um, and I almost had the word then again and I didn't, discrimination against people who are different from the norm. So... It's not easy in high school. No, I was bullied for that. a very long time yeah. in high school. Yeah, so mm, people see weakness or 
Yeah. So, do you like what things do you look back on and and go that makes more a lot more sense than I was just. For me, it's probably more. So I have pretty intense like social anxiety. Yeah. Um, that in situations, ex- especially, I will tend to go very quiet and retreat yeah. into myself. Um, and you know, like that's been a pattern for yes. pretty much my whole life. As not only an introvert, but also like as an anxiety thing as someone who would actively avoid mm. those situations and those situations would make me quite uncomfortable. Um, but a lot of my anxiety probably didn't come up until I left high school, I think. Until then, I was pretty happy-go-lucky. Mm. Um, I had a good group of friends around me that I trusted and... I had that support network, I guess, in place. Um, And aside from being a little bit quieter, particularly in group settings, like with people that I didn't know, um, in group settings with my friends, I was fine, perfectly like outspoken and all that stuff. So a lot of that stuff comes up later when I was going to uni and it started really intensely being about the perfectionism thing mm. so um for me it's like a very all or nothing approach mm. and if I feel like I'm not going to get 100% or I'm not going to do something well there's no point doing it yeah and um that crosses over into like my goal setting and stuff as well now so it's like you know how I was talking before about doing a half marathon um and someone was like to me, well, why don't you do a 12K first? Yeah. And in my head, it's like, what would be the point? Yeah, Like, right. if I'm not going to do it properly, why would I even bother? Right. Um, so that kind of stuff. Um, and then, I guess, the going through multiple things in my life that weren't really pleasant um, enabled me to have coping strategies that were maybe not so helpful and then fostered the depression side of things yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. So, which is quite uh, very common is to to start with one which leads to the other, yeah. whether it's anxiety to depression or depression to anxiety. Mm-hmm. I think that I've always had anxiety. Well, mm-hmm. not always, but since quite young I've always had anxiety. But when I hit um, 19, mm-hmm. I had very bad depression and I think mm-hmm. that exacerbated the anxiety side of things. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it was until... I had quite bad depression that the anxiety fled its head and that Mm -hmm. someone said, well, you've got this, so you've probably got that too. Yes, Um, yes. I think that's the way it tends to work and it tends to be in a period of high stress in your life too that that happens. So um, unfortunately, which is the catalyst for... And then you deal with the fallout for that for a long time. Yeah. I was lucky that I had... um, at that point, at uh, nineteen twenty, I had um, quite a few close friends that I lived with at that point that had either experienced it, known someone, or um, knew how to deal with it. Yeah. So they were all very understanding nine times out of ten. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but going back to large crowds or, you know, social anxiety, that is a very... Um, sore point for the both of us it's yeah. something that we we both struggle with it's yeah. one of our trigger points mm-hmm. is is social anxiety which has definitely for me 
particularly the large crowds thing yes has only been something that I've really kind of started noticing now Mm. and I guess the difference is that when I was younger I would drink through it yeah if I think about like me going to festivals at because I did go to festivals um you know 18 19 20 I would get drinking and I would just drink to the point where I didn't feel anything yeah and I I remember Mm. you being this completely different person who had confidence to go and talk to these other people and I was like can you just I remember thinking in my head just chill yeah like yeah but at that point too I think at 19 20 you're trying to figure out who you are as an adult yeah and feeling like there's something inherently wrong with you yeah and then finding a vice like alcohol yes that helps to take that edge off that helps you feel normal which is the whole point yeah like alcohol is yeah um uh a um depressant if that's what you're saying so it so like it yeah. helps to calm yeah and it calms everything down correct yeah so by drinking you then you know gets rid of all of your mm. barriers and everything mm. so you've got that confidence i mean that was it's it's one of the reasons why I don't drink and I haven't drunk mm. I mean I will have a glass every now and then but that's only in the past sort of 18 months that I have got to that point where I now trust myself mm-hmm. to just have one glass yeah um but it got to the point where I had to stop drinking and and one of the reasons was that you know it for me it stopped helping the situation and started making the situation worse Worse. um so I stopped drinking Mm -hmm. and um it was it has turned out to be the better choice for me yes um but it took you a bit longer to get there to realize that that drinking was not helping your situation yes I think for a long time it was and also um having an ex that was quite present on the nightclub scene Mm. and all that kind of stuff was quite like it, drinking was a way for me to try and like push through that and yeah. overcome that and I wish that I had stopped earlier I did kind of stop when I was 21 you did um the year of that the 21st I kind of made a decision that <clears throat> I wasn't going to drink um which then forced me to turn to other coping mechanisms yeah um which were equally as unhealthy and now I'm in a place where I'm like no I'm happy just having like a couple casual drinks or having a drink and not pushing it and not becoming someone who's not me because I think when you do that you tend to have more anxiety than the next day I know that was my experience was particularly if I would have nights out where I didn't know what I did yeah I'd be like well what are people's impression of me now Mm. and that would be long long-lasting effects in terms of you know it would be Friday before I'd start feeling like I was okay again and then I'd repeat it on the Saturday yeah I do remember I have always been funny with large crowds and social situations and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff but um Gage and I went on a holiday Mm -hmm. and um we were with his childhood friend Mm -hmm. um and we went to a nightclub and it was a new state, it was a new suburb, it mm-hmm. was a new 
group of people that mm-hmm. we were out with and yeah. it was a new place and mm-hmm. it was cr- it was jam packed like I know that the clubs that we frequent can be very packed but yeah. this was at a point in my life where I had almost pretty much stopped going out and mm-hmm. then that's when I we went to this club and it was fine to begin with but then my anxiety just got worse and worse and worse to the point where I was like I had um fake nails and I had squeezed my palms like my hands closed in a fist that much that I had like cut the entire palm of my hand Mm. and it was bleeding Mm. and um that was when I realized that I was struggling with Mm. social uh large crowds and social situations Mm -hmm. that I wasn't familiar with yeah and it took me a very long time to calm myself down um Gage noticed because I'm also I won't bring it to other people's attention because I don't want to burden them because that then just makes the anxiety worse because I don't want the attention on me I don't want them to alter anything for you you don't want to be like trouble or a handful exactly yeah yeah yeah. so Gage noticed and whisked me out of there pretty quickly and then we just kind of sat in the car um for a little while Mm -hmm. but that's when I sort of started realizing that that going out clubbing Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term or you know whatever was Mm -hmm. quite terrible for me um but that comes down around to um what we were saying before we started was that um we struggle we we retreat within into ourselves when we meet new people Mm -hmm. um and I have found that in those social situations where I am meeting someone new and I do, I just kind of sit back. I want to see you as a person before I get to know you. Yeah. Sorry. I want to see who you are before I bring myself out of my shell. Yeah. Because I'm not sure like what's going on. Mm -hmm. So I've been told on a number of times that I am very intimidating mm-hmm. and I am quite scary and I've got a very good bitch face yeah. but what people don't realize is that that's just a barrier that I've put up mm-hmm. because I'm terrified I'm like a like a spider I'm more terrified of you than yeah. you are of me yeah like yes I have the same thing I am being someone who's quiet anyway aside yes. from all of the anxiety stuff I'm someone who definitely prefers to take a back seat and watch people interact with each other yeah um to try and get to know them and then you add anxiety into that and it's like the thoughts are there yeah and all that stuff so i do um, enjoy people watching though i love people watching like if i'm at the airport watching people interact with each other interact with their families wondering where they're going to like all that kind of stuff like I love that and I love listening to other people's conversations on public transport or things like that um this is a different kind of people watching I guess it is yeah I do but in that situation where I I watch what group I'm in I do enjoy sit like I I do it to protect myself Mm -hmm. but I also have learnt to love that yeah. and I will sit there and if they're all having a conversation yeah. and I'm in my shell I am more than happy to listen to them all talking like one I'm trying to work out who I'm going to click with who I'm going to bond with mm-hmm. you know who's going to not judge me for me as a person yeah. like all that kind of stuff yeah um but I do enjoy I like watching people be themselves mm-hmm. if I like you like, yes if I don't like what you're doing then no then no but yeah. I do enjoy sitting there 
um, like when I when Gage and I first started dating um, and I started meeting all of his friends they all hung out in a very large group it wasn't just meet one mm-hmm. it was meet yes. them all at the same time yeah. and there's there was like 10 of them or something um, in the same mm. situation same mm. um, setting so for a long time I used to just sit on the couch and I just loved watching them be them yeah um yeah and then they slowly reached out to me and sort of like brought me into it and Mm. I find that in with my social anxiety I find that those that understand or kind of see me sitting there in a corner Mm -hmm. and who go she's probably just a bit shy Mm. or you know don't get the wrong impression and call me a bitch they generally come over and they're like hey what's going on and like they start that and then by having that person come over and sort of bring me back into the group yeah helps a lot because then I'm not doing it alone like yes. it goes back yeah. to not being able to go to the cult like the shops yeah. by myself by having someone hold which sounds terrible like sounds childish but hold my hand and help me through that I think a lot of people are like that though unless you're super confident and super extroverted and social settings in no way give you any kind of doubt or mm anything about yourself you feel a little bit of apprehension it's just a different kind of stress yeah well and stress is another one of our both of our very big triggers mm-hmm. um I know that my job can be quite stressful at times and I don't deal very well with that mm-hmm. um and that gives me really bad anxiety as well mm-hmm. um and when I'm stressed some of the things that I do to try and cope with that which aren't the healthy um yeah treatment options mm-hmm. for lack of a better term I tend to scratch my chest um so it, it comes out in welts like I get hives on my chest and my neck and everything and so I scratch at them mm-hmm. um and sometimes if I get so into it like I'll end up drawing blood like it gets Mm -hmm. that intense that I'm scratching at my chest Mm -hmm. um or I pull my hair Mm -hmm. like I I will run my hands through my hair and then get to the bottom of it and I'll just like grab on and pull right I don't pluck hair by hair yeah I just kind of like grab a handful or like run my fingers through and just pull um and I get a lot of I get shakes really really bad like I can't hold a pen I'm sort of shaking that which I think is pretty common yeah I get shaky as well I guess the difference is that I get probably like what you would call a panic attack Mm. in that I feel like I can't breathe I feel like I'm gonna die I feel like the world's about to collapse in on me yeah um I will quite often like it I try and particularly when I'm feeling a lot of anxiety is I try and hold it in. Yes. And yes, I do that too. Then it builds up to mm. this point of like panic and then your body's like, well, shit, we've got to do something now. Yeah. And then you're in fight or flight mode and you're having a panic attack. And so I guess, yeah, that's my thing is that I would tend to have a panic attack rather than getting like maybe coping mechanisms that are to deal with the anxiety that are less immediate I guess yeah. I don't know like what the well, yeah, best I mean, way to think about it is but a lot of not the shakes but like the scratching mm. is comes with 
my panic attack mm. with the breathing yeah. and, the, and the heart rate yeah. and the feeling like you know the world's gonna yeah. end all that kind of stuff the scratching is a part of that I am scratching at my chest to try to almost like right bring myself yeah like I'm I'm panicking and I'm yeah. having a panic attack and the scratching is me subconsciously trying to draw my attention mm. to something that is not the panic attack in itself because I do the same I will hold it in and I feel like I'm drowning and I feel like yeah. I'm about to explode and something's going to happen yeah. um and then that blows out into if I don't do the right techniques and I don't do the yeah. right um things to yeah. s- try and stop that panic attack it then turns into a panic attack and that's when I scratch at my chest to try and draw my attention to um, something, else. something else which is a very unhealthy way to try and yes. bring my I I guess like similarly you talk about digging your fingernails in mm. is something that I probably do yeah um or I pinch the skin between my thumb and my finger mm. um but that's less I guess noticeable less yeah noticeably damaging (laughs) it's very fun at work when I have a panic attack and I scratch my chest and then someone walks into my office and I've just got like a bright red chest with scratch Mm. marks it's it's really fun to explain Mm. oh I'm just a bit itchy Mm. you know Mm. yeah I guess I don't have really like any telltale signs like that for panic attacks or Mm. anxiety that I do but I definitely have unhealthy coping mechanisms I think most people have those. They would, yes. That uh, things like um, withdrawing from everything mm. and um, going to bed when I probably don't need to go to bed. Well, I mean, for a while there when um, your anxiety was at its worst yeah. um, and everything else that came with that, um, you, you did just retreat from the world and mm-hmm. it took – a lot for me to get in contact with you Mm -hmm. like it was almost near impossible yeah whereas now you're sort of on the better side of things Mm. like not we're not great Mm -hmm. but we're getting there and you're better with the contact like yeah you were at that point where um not I'm not tooting my own horn or saying that like I'm the best friend ever but it got to that point where I was sending you um a message every day yeah just like a, a blank smiley face and mm-hmm. we had come up with our own system just to check in on each other and, mm-hmm. and when you were at your worst and you didn't want to text and you didn't and you were, and yeah. you had withdrawn from the world. Yeah. All we did was just send I would send you a blank smiley face mm-hmm. and you would just send something back yeah. with how you were feeling. Yeah. Um and we had our, you know, symbols that meant different things and if you sent me a certain face then that meant that yeah. you know so yeah. it was when you you had withdrawn, it was a way for me to know that you were still okay without being okay. Mm-hmm. Without, because that was one of your issues was that you didn't want to burden other people with your problems no. and you didn't want to burden me. Yeah. So our happy compromise was, all right, well, I'll just send you a smiley face. And if you're smiling, then you're not too bad. And if, you know, you send me this one, then that means I'm terrible mm-hmm. and, and I do actually want you to call me or I, or, you know. Yeah. So it was a way for you to express your current situation without feeling like Mm. a burden on me yes which was super helpful I probably would recommend it in terms of if you have a friend who's suffering or if you yourself are suffering you have someone that you can go and talk to because as much as you don't want to be a burden Mm. it's a good feeling knowing that someone does care about you and care about how you are 
and it's not overbearing it's not how are you doing today and then trying to have a whole conversation about well actually my anxiety is shit today I really struggled to get out of bed and now I'm sitting at work wanting to go home and shaking and you know like all that stuff it's just a simple conversation that lets someone know that you're okay it gives you that sense of yes someone does care how I'm doing um and it kind of helped pull me through that a little bit as well Mm. so and then it just kind of like it it died off too Mm -hmm. like it wasn't just a oh she's better now I'm just gonna stop sending that Mm. it was a it started every day and like I had said yeah you know I was doing it at 12 o'clock every day Mm -hmm. and I did it for however long but then you know I think that also sort of brought us closer Mm. because we had kind of gone you know we have these periods in our life where we are very close and then we have periods of our life where we don't see each other for a very long time and I think by your situation Mm -hmm. happening and and us doing that Mm -hmm. we then came closer together so I was then able to like you then accepted my help Mm. for lack of a better term again Mm. um and we could work through that together as a team so then it stopped being every day and it started being every couple of days Mm. and then it was sort of once a week Mm. and then it was you know every now and then but now I mean we text almost every day yeah um but then it it, would it it is and we 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 stopped sending the smiley faces Mm. and we started calling each other Mm. um so as a coping mechanism Mm. we we probably stopped talking about our anxiety and just as a coping mechanism with our anxiety from that day we would just talk about our day Mm. Like we mm. would call each other on the way home from mm. work and we would just we would just talk. Yeah. So because you and I don't like bringing attention to our anxiety, mm-hmm. we don't like burdening other people with no, the problems. Exactly. And yeah. I know that you're struggling, you know that I'm struggling, I don't want to burden you with mm-hmm. mine because I already know that you're like that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. So without meaning to, we had made our own coping mechanism mm. of our anxiety during the day and we would have we would just talk about our day, like take mm. our attention away from like whatever it yeah. was which was yeah really good and I think like you said it's very important for people out there to find someone mm. that you trust trust is a very big thing because yes. obviously you're opening yes. up to them and you have to move past that feeling of burdening someone yeah and you've got to find figure out how to do that on your own I yeah. think a little bit too like uh the thing about anxiety and the thing about I think any mental illness is that someone can tell you that that's not rational or yeah. that essentially what you're th- feeling is just a feeling or it's just a thought. Yeah. It's not actually reality. And they can tell you that until the cows come home. Mm. But you are not going to believe it. Yeah, you're not in the right frame of mind. You're sitting there going, no, this is a real situation. Yeah. And to have someone not believe you or yeah. sort of... I don't know what minimize the, yeah. it a little bit yeah go oh don't worry about it mm. it was just a shit mm. day like mm. you know kind of thing but you are very good in and I think it helps to have someone who's experienced it or has mm. known someone mm-hmm. because when you are having those issues and and you are having these thoughts and, and all that kind of stuff and they're real for you to have someone that goes I know yeah. And, and you know like sympathize with you but mm-hmm. not in a patronizing way no. and then yeah. to sort of go yeah I know you know mm. but let's just talk about something else mm. or you know let's 
one what's one of your grounding techniques or you know to work through that with yeah. you rather than you know patronize you about the situation because mm-hmm. that's the thing that you need the least at the time is yeah. to be told that well you're being irrational here yeah and that's i don't think ever a good statement to probably say to anyone but no. um especially to someone who's having anxiety or depression and is trying to talk to you and communicate with you about what they're feeling mm. to it's the old people say it all the time but you know like it's like saying cheer up to someone with depression yeah. saying oh Don't just worry, eat happy. to someone with an eating disorder it would be like saying just don't worry about your cancer well i had um a lady that used to work with me mm. um she came in and she came in as my superior mm-hmm. um so i mean that's a whole other issue in itself yeah. but we butted heads a lot mm-hmm. um and that was just my anxiety and and all that kind of stuff and it got to the point where I couldn't deal with that anymore so Mm. I just shut down Mm. and she didn't like that I didn't resolve our problems she didn't understand that it gets to a certain point and I can't deal with conflict that's a whole other thing I can't deal with conflict so I just you know left Mm. it and moved on kind of thing but Mm. she hadn't moved on because to her there was no resolution um Mm -hmm. and I remember she she said to me one day she goes you know you don't ever resolve we don't resolve our problems you just move on and act like there's nothing wrong Mm. and I I explained to her I said I have anxiety and I don't deal that way Mm -hmm. you know um that's just something about me that you'll just have to accept Yeah. yeah and she looked me dead in the eye and she goes well, you'll just have to get over it because I don't work that way. And I was like, I'm cured. <laughs> My anxiety has gone. Why didn't someone tell <laughs> me this so long ago? Why didn't tell me not to worry about it or to get over it when it first happened? I know. That would have been so much easier. No, it's one of those things that I think unless you have had it, experienced it, seen it, gone through it, whatever, um, you're never going to understand Mm-mm. Particularly, I think there's a lot more people coming out and trying to understand depression and how that works. And anxiety is linked with depression, but I think it's a lot different for a lot of people. And because of the nature of the differences between people, it's a hard one to understand. Depression can be a lot easier. Yeah. Because the thing with depression is that you either have it or you don't. And you either have this extreme lack of interest in life yeah or you don't with anxiety you can worry about a whole number of different things um and with anxiety too there's not a lot of physical signs like you were saying there's not a lot of physical signs but if you have major depression nine times out of ten there are very big signs Mm. and you know neon arrows that point at you Mm -hmm. um whereas anxiety tends to be and we're generalizing here. Yeah. All of our conversations yeah. generalizing and talking about our experiences yeah. with it. But anxiety tends to be a more internal problem. Yes. And not unless you were to actually break down on the street and have a panic attack, no one would necessarily know that you were struggling with anxiety beyond maybe being a little bit nervous yeah. if you are shaking or whatever. And potentially thinking that you're a cow sitting in the corner not wanting to be involved. Yes. So it can present differently and I guess one of the big things with anxiety 
with depression as well it's just again just slightly different is the withdrawal from those situations that make you anxious which other people might not understand Mm. Um, I have a lot of problems with um I wouldn't call myself a control freak but I have a lot of issues with things out of my control mm -hmm. um so today for example was I am very exhausted both both physically and mentally uh um because so I have two cats that live with me currently uh and I have a third cat that lived with mum and dad and Mm -hmm. his name was Mooch Mm -hmm. um and I left him there because he was happy there and he was very old when I moved houses and I didn't want to disturb him and I moved to a very busy area and he was an outside cat and, and all that kind of stuff. So I left him there um, and that was a big deal for me, was leaving him behind, but that's a story for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my mum called me this morning and she said that he was not well and he hadn't been well for a couple of days and um, it was time. Mm-hmm. And my anxiety went into overdrive almost immediately because it was a situation that I couldn't control. Yeah. Um, I didn't have an appetite. I like I lost my appetite. I shook all day. Mm-hmm. Um, I if I can't if I'm in a public place and I can't deal with that, I do the same thing as you. I play with my fingers or I like you know squeeze my palms or whatever. So I spent a lot of today twiddling my fingers and and you know squeezing my fingers and and twisting my rings and all that kind of stuff Mm. fidgeting I suppose Mm -hmm. because it's actually my nan's birthday today so mum told me that this morning and then we had to go to my nan's birthday breakfast and you know be a happy individual Mm -hmm. who wasn't struggling but it was all just because it was so out of control Mm. you know I Mm. couldn't do anything to help him Mm. other than to say goodbye and you know all that kind of stuff and I was shaking up until you know six o'clock tonight Mm. just my anxiety was just on on overdrive and both you and I have very good partners who Mm -hmm. are very understanding Mm -hmm. of the situation um you know Gage just kind of sat with me for a little while and just kind of rubbed my back and you know didn't say anything because he knows that nine times out of ten I don't really want to talk about how I'm you know my anxiety or anything so he just kind of sat there and just made me know that he was there and, and then he went and made me a cup of tea and he put it on the bedside table and he was like, it's there if you want it, if you don't, it's fine, mm. you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and he cooked dinner so that I, you know, didn't have to because I've generally when I am full of anxiety, I generally don't function as a human. Mm. Mm. Um, so And he knew that I had to eat because I didn't really eat a lot of breakfast and I hadn't had anything else today. So he was, he's very good at understanding. Yeah. And which is just like it just adds to that support network of people that you have around you that can kind of understand it I think especially I mean my mum's really good at it yeah and knowing about mental health and stuff she doesn't understand necessarily everything every time and I think some of her kind of balks at the idea that I would avoid Mm. certain situations or maybe alter the situation slightly um by having you or yeah. my partner come to certain things. Um, she doesn't really necessarily understand that because of... that's. But that's that generation. Yes. And I think that... I think, <laughs> it's hard for us, a lot of us, to talk to our parents about anxiety yeah. or about depression. So being able to have those other people who are 
understanding and who can support you, who you can turn to is a big thing too. Well, you said when you and your partner first got together, Mm. he almost immediately was very good at picking up your Mm. signals and there was, you know... Um, one night where you were struggling and he knows that baking is is a calming Mm. technique for you so he was like oh I'll be back in two seconds and Mm. went down to the shops and and got you baking stuff yep Mm. and I baked and it wasn't uh for me baking is like really therapeutic because it's productive being someone who's a perfectionist um but who's also quite good at baking without tooting my own horn there Mm. it's like really basic baking but I don't ever really follow a recipe. I kind of eyeball things yeah. and stuff like that. So being someone who's quite good at baking, that kind of calms that side of me down, that perfectionist side that's like I always need progress. I always need you to be doing something. Yeah. You always have to be proving your worth kind of thing. He's great. I couldn't ask for more. I've had a panic attack in front of him now um, and he was amazing. Like a lot of people would be freaked out or be like I don't understand or is this you being dramatic or like what's going on here but I think once he realized what it was he was amazing and then we've talked about it since and it's fine but what did he do in that situation to help you um so just like so I started standing and then realized that I couldn't stand so kind of fell to the floor a little bit and he just kind of picked me up, put me in bed with him, helped me, told me to breathe, helped me count my breaths, which is something that, you know, I struggle with. Um, and just kind of, you know, it's okay, Worked you're okay, you it. we'll be all right, you're safe here, you're with me, nothing's going to happen to you right now, that kind of stuff. Wait, how do you, like, work through your grounding techniques? Mm-hmm. Um, which, when you're having a panic attack, you can't. You actually can't talk about anything. No. So for someone to sit there and be like, it's okay. And it's quite, I mean, I have no doubt that it probably was confronting for him. Oh, and to see that would yeah. be definitely, but for him to real, for him to go breathing, we're going to do breathing. Mm-hmm. And for him to sit there and, oh, I hit the microphone. For him to sit there and go one, yeah, two, yeah. like, and to count with you is yeah. just for, for I mean, we have no idea if he's, like, experienced it before, Mm. like, to that intensity. Mm. But for him to go, shit, straight into action mode and to, like, sit there and I think counting the breaths with you is just gorgeous. And, like, I mean, I'm in love with your boyfriend (laughs) from, like, day dot. I've been in love with him. I think he is the most beautiful soul. I was telling um, my other girlfriend today how much he's just a (laughs) lovely, gorgeous human being and... Mm. um he's just very good for you um yeah. for him to to you know not freak out I mean he was mm. probably freaking out on the inside but for him to externally be very calm and yes. we're just gonna go over here and we're just gonna you know one yeah. two three. and then it's kind of like you know it's stuff like when you're breathing really erratically and hyperventilating yeah guess. um he was like, you know, we'll breathe. And then he was like, no, come on, I know you can do better than that. Like deep breaths and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And it was helpful as much as it sounds pathetic. And I understand that. And that's also probably part of my anxiety is yeah, feeling like it's pathetic. But yeah, um, yeah, 
you that's what you need at that time I mean I can get through them myself I know that I can I have before yeah it takes me a lot longer to get through it myself because your brain doesn't want to actually calm down at that point in yeah time. but your mac is about to go to sleep well I mean we have been talking for <laughs> you know 55 minutes now so mm. that is mm. you know not to cut the conversation short yes but I feel like we have spoken quite candidly yes I think candidly is the right word I don't think I've like intentionally left anything out in no. fact I've probably been very open for something that can go almost on the therapeutic and publicly go out there mm. and yes it has been therapeutic and I find talking about anxiety is always pretty yeah. therapeutic with people that I trust not with yeah. people who are going to write it off or whatever but. and um the whole reason that we started this podcast was to potentially help one person out mm. there you mm. know we we would love it if one person was to listen to this and think I'm not alone in this you mm. know there's someone else out there that has been through it so or has experienced something yes. that we've spoken about so we that was the whole reason we sort of decided that you know tonight we would do this podcast and we would do specifically this anxiety mm. podcast because I think for both of us it was a big thing being like there's something wrong with me yeah why definitely. do I feel this way and, yeah um especially when we first kind of started realizing that that's what was happening yeah so definitely if someone else can find this and maybe listen and be like okay I'm not so weird after all yeah because I think if I had you know found a podcast or found you know mm. because mm. you know you and I we realized that we were both going through the same thing and mm. that that I mean that definitely helped me to know yeah. that you knew what I was going through and I wasn't alone yeah um but yeah so we will just I suppose we'll just wrap it up here and you know we well, don't want to wrap it up as fast as last time no because I was very confused last <laughs> week we had this conversation before <laughs> it was very confusing for me yeah so a lot of things are though I am a very confused person and today is not the day to take advantage of that let's just try and wrap it up in a nice slow manner for you so that you can just take it be prepared to say goodbye so what did you think of the tea um it's okay Mm. I probably wouldn't drink it again no I don't think I would either Mm. I think and when you let it sit for a while you know that black tea thing where the tannins get stronger yeah yeah, that's happened. Yeah, I, I, yeah, mine's over there now. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway. That'll do us for this week. That um, will do us for this week. Hopefully someone finds it helpful somewhere. Helpful, interesting, something. At some point. At some point. Life. And um, we may or may not be back next week. Yes, we have a bit of a difficult situation coming up where I'm going to be away quite regularly. Yeah. For the next month or so. Not weekends, just next weekend. Yeah. But, yes, so we're so, going to have to work around that Bear bit. with us while we... Not that there's really anyone that's... Well, Bear with know. us while we, we sort those out. But, um, yeah, there may may not be an episode next week. But we'll see what happens. Mm. Mm. Anyway. All right. All right. I'm going to say goodbye this week. Okay, because last week you took me by surprise. <laughs> so I think we need to go and, you know, talk a bit happier yes all right well thanks for coming thanks for listening (laughs) bye goodbye bye